Praise the Lord. This is D.K. Grooms with Rock Solid Truth, and I'm so glad that you have joined with us tonight. Praise the Lamb of God. If you've got your Bibles, please turn to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17. We have been speaking about the agape love of God and the Lord wanting us to comprehend or to understand what is the breadth and length and depth and height of the love that he has for us. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Let us pray. Father, I want to thank you and praise you today that the mighty name of Jesus Christ shall be exalted. Lord, we shall give you all the praise and all the glory. We ask, Lord, that every word that comes forth from this mouth tonight shall be filled with your knowledge, shall be filled with your revelation. And, Lord, that the, that the seeds that go forth shall find ground that is suitable and bring forth a harvest in the lives of those that have ears to hear. We'll give you all the praise and the precious and mighty name of your Son, Jesus Christ, and all God's people said. Amen. Last week we began reading from 1 Corinthians 13, 4, the love chapter. And I begin to bring to you some things that very few of God's children ever think about. And that's the love that God has towards us, his children. When we read 1 Corinthians 13, or when this message is brought forth as a message, the majority of people feel that 1 Corinthians 13 is the standard by which God expects us, his children, to have towards other people. And even though there is a great truth in that, very few of God's people see these scriptures as God's expression of love towards us. When the Lord tells us to forgive someone 49 times 7, that's exactly what the Lord does with us, is that he forgives us 49 times 7, 490 times in a day. That's exactly what the Word of God is telling about, is that the love of God flows to other people through us, but it's also how the love of God flows out of him to us. First Corinthians 13 shows us the way that God deals with us according to his love. The more I walk in the word of God, the more I see that the scripture that states as a man so thinks so he is, I find it so true in my life. For his thoughts, for it is his thoughts that clear the path, for the fulfilling of his destiny. As a man thinks, so he goes. As he thinks, so he is. As he thinks, his actions follow those thoughts. Because the actions of man are nothing more than an expression of how he thinks. Look at Romans chapter 8, verse 1. <clears throat> Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. I want you to see something very significant here. There is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. What I just related to you is about 
how a man thinks. Here's a tremendous revelation. When you look at Romans chapter 8, verse 1, and it tells you that there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the Spirit, but after the flesh, or not who walk after the Spirit and not after the flesh, how many are walking in condemnation because they do not realize the love of God? How many are walking in condemnation because they do not have revelation concerning the breadth, length, depth, and height of God's love? And they're not able to discern between when they walk in the Spirit and when they walk in the flesh. You know, that's a very good question. How do you discern between the two? How do you discern when you're walking in the Spirit or when you're walking in the flesh? Because not many are able to, to, to discern that which is spirit and that which is flesh. The average child of God does not discern between the two. Why do I bring this to you? Because all things do not work out for the good when you're walking in the flesh. I need to say that again. Because all things do not work out for the good when you're walking in the flesh. Romans 8.28, this is what it says. For we know that all things work together for the good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. And we know that all things work together for good. And yet the reality is, is that when you're walking in the flesh, all things do not work out for the good. There are three conditions to this verse. Number one, the first condition is that you are, that you love the Lord and that the love that you are expressing is his love, agape love. And that this love surpasses and goes beyond your knowledge as spoken about in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 19. And to know the love of Christ with passes knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Second condition, that you are the called. That word called means invited or appointed. And that includes every true born-again child of the living God. The third condition is that if you have been invited or called, then it's according to his purpose, according to his plan, according to what he desires for you, desires for you to do, according to what he wants for you, according to that which he has stated in the word of God concerning you. That's the third condition. It's according to his purpose, not yours. And this is one of the reasons that all things do not work out for the good. When things are done in the flesh, they do not work out for the good. When things start out in the spirit and end up in the flesh, they do not work together for the good. When things are done or decisions are made that are in the flesh, they do not work out for your good. These things do not work out to bring you to a place of peace and harmony with what God has given you. Instead, they bring about hindering and stopping the flow of God's power within you, simply because you're dealing in the flesh. Now, why is that so? 
because flesh is enmity against God. Romans chapter 8, verse 7. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can they. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Then what is it that does not please God? What does not please God is when you are walking in the flesh. When you are walking according to the world. When you think according to the carnal mind. James chapter 4 verse 4. James chapter 4 verse 4. Strong language. Ye adulterers and adulteresses. Know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever, therefore, will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Now, let's make a point here. Who is this Bible written to? It's not written to the unsaved. It's written to the child of God. And notice what it says in James, the adulterers and adulteresses. Don't you know that the friendship of the world, that the world is the enemy of God? And don't you understand that if you are a friend of the world, that world is the enemy of God? That's what the Word of God is saying. Now, this may not be something you want to hear, but listen to what the Word of God says and grasp what it's telling you. Because it will literally bring you truth, and that truth will make you free. It will free you from the struggle of the flesh. Freedom from the struggle of the carnal. Then what is walking in the spirit? Walking in the spirit is having the revelation of that which is spirit. I need to say that again. Walking in the spirit is having the revelation of that which is spirit so that you have understanding of that which is flesh. Walking in the Spirit is revelation knowledge of that which God has given and understanding that flesh is the enemy of that. I need to say that again. Walking in the Spirit is revelation knowledge. Knowledge that has been revealed to you, and when it's been revealed to you, you take on that knowledge as lifestyle understanding what God has given and also understanding that the flesh, that the world is the enemy of that. Listen to Paul in Romans chapter 7 verse 18 because this is a tremendous insight concerning the flesh. This is what Paul says. He says, for I know that in me, for I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not, or I don't know how to do it. Here is revelation concerning the flesh. Paul is making this tremendous statement, and this is what he says. In my flesh, there's no good thing. In my flesh, there's nothing to benefit me. 
What a statement. And yet this, this statement, this truth, impacts very few people. Very few people think like Paul thinks. There is no good thing that is in my flesh. There is nothing there that will benefit me or bring me to the desired end that I long to have. Now, look what Paul says. He says, for the will is present within me. This is what he's saying. You know, I desire to do good. I want to do good. I want to make good decisions. But how to do that in the flesh, I don't know how to do it. I, I just have no idea how to accomplish that. Paul, says, Paul is saying, I don't know how to bring about the desired results to the flesh. You can take the Donald Trumps and the Bill Gates and the Warren Buffett, and what they have accomplished has all been in darkness. And it never brings forth light. What they have accomplished has only been accomplished in darkness, and it never brings forth light. Paul says there's no good thing in the flesh. And here's another revelation concerning the flesh. You can have no confidence in it. Philippians chapter 3, verse 3. For we are the circumcision which worship God in the Spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. When we, when we begin to think that our flesh has some value to us, when we begin to think that our flesh can be trusted, We've opened the doors to darkness, and we've asked darkness to come in and deceive us. No, I, I would never do that, Pastor. I would, never, I would never open the door. That's exactly what you do when you think that flesh has some value to you, that flesh can be trusted. It's trusting something that is an enemy to God. It's believing in something that can give you no beneficial advantage at all, but only to be deceived. When you have friendship with the world, when you think and follow after the world, when you walk according to that which is of the world and the world system, it's the enemy of God. The new man cannot coexist with the old man. And the spiritual man cannot cohabitate with the fleshly man. By the way, that's the why, that is why the old man was crucified when you became born again, when you became a new creature in Christ. The reason that the old man was crucified was because your nature changed. Both cannot live in the same temple. Your old nature was crucified. Your old thinking was supposed to be crucified. But many, many God's children think according to the old man because they have not renewed their mind. And until your thinking is renewed, you're going to continue to function in the mentality of the old man and the flesh which keeps you from walking in the spirit and keeps darkness 
active in your life, which is going to hinder to is going to continue to hinder the flow of God's power that has been given to you through the Lord Jesus Christ when you become born again. What an awesome teaching. What an awesome word. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4. Charity, agape love, suffereth long, and is kind. Charity, agape love, envieth not. Charity, agape love, vaulteth not itself, is not puffed up doth not seem itself unseemingly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. Listen to the word. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Why? Because charity, agape love, and when I say that word charity, that's what the King James Version has designated the word charity. I think it's a bad word. I don't think that it applies at all to what is being said here. Because what really is being spoken about is God's agape love. And the word of God says that it never faileth. Last week I began to show you 1 Corinthians thirteen four and how the love that is being spoken here is in fact the love of God towards you and I, as well as the love of God that flows out of ourselves to others. His love suffereth long, is kind. It never envies. It never balfes itself. It's not puffed up. In other words, God's love has no pride whatsoever. I heard someone say the other day, they said, well, you know, I, I believe that pride is a good thing in some cases because man ought to be proud of his accomplishments. Pride is what caused the devil to fall. The Word of God, I'll tell you, is very clear. Your flesh, there is nothing good in your flesh. If pride is there, it's of the devil. The Word of God is not trying to make us bigger and better and strengthen us. The Word of God is trying to get us to become weaker and weaker and weaker. Just like our, just like our mentor and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. God's agape love is never, it's not self-centered, it's not self-serving. There's no envy. It's not puffed up. It does not flow out of self-centeredness. You know, ask yourself the question. Self-centeredness. Ask yourself if that's you. Self-centeredness. Revolving around you. The reason that God is telling you this is because God wants you to understand that the only way for you to come into fulfillment in him is for you to lose your life in him. The reason that he asked you to do this is for your benefit, not his. And I'll say this again because I just said it a few moments ago. I'm amazed at the people who think that this Christian life is to get better, more mature, stronger, 
to become full grown so that you can walk in faith. And the focus of this Christian life is not none of that. It's for you to become weaker and weaker until your flesh dies. Until you are walking in the spirit all of the time. Not part of the time, all of the time. The focus and the purpose of this Christian life is for you to be totally dependent, totally reliant upon the Spirit. It's the best that God's got for you. I'll say it again. It's the best that God has got for you. You may not see it. You may not even want it. But it's the best that he has for you. And it's the place that he desires to bring you to, even though he may bring you kicking and screaming. Everything that God desires for you and wants you to do is in his best for you, and it's for you and not him. And I might add that this is the place where all of his blessings flow out of. God's love is not self-promoting. It's not for his benefit. It's for you. If you can grasp what's been spoken here in these few minutes, it will literally change your life. I don't know how many times that I look at God's people. They've been saved for a number of years, and they're the same from the first year to the 10th, to the 15th, to the 18th year. They're still saved. They still speak in tongues. But nothing has changed within their life. They still think the same. They still say the same things. They still do the same things. Nothing has changed. They've not been attached to go to this place that Christ wants them to walk in, in the spirit, not in the flesh. Because the word of God tells you, and if you understand his love to the breadth, length, depth, and height, it will fill you with the fullness of him. It will fill you with him. Praise the Lamb of God. This is D.K. Grooms with Rock Solid Truth. Go to our website, www.rocksolidtruth.com, and look what the Lord is doing in the midst of rock-solid truth through you. We desire your prayers. We desire your finances. Amen. In order to do what God has called us to do, how can we expect, how can we expect others to give if the ones who are involved in rock-solid truth don't even give? Wow. That's a pretty awesome word. This is D.K. Grooms with Rock Solid Truth. Go with God, and he will surely go with you.